the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Live from the Bay Area. Your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Another day, another dollar. Looks like we've moved into Tuesday, March 30th. Man, this year's flying by. The year 2010 is already one-fourth the way over. So we're starting to have a countdown almost to Christmas time. I know, years just fly a little bit too fast. This is a call-in show. I really believe that this is your show. I will talk and give you the economic news of the day. I will tell you how Wall Street reacts. I will talk about housing and how to buy a house and is a house an investment and insurance and how to buy insurance and why do people have insurance that looks like an investment? Uh, Anything's pretty much so fair game. We could talk about how to save money in new and unique ways. Uh, For instance, hey, Trader Joe's. Who doesn't love Trader Joe's? Shampoo at Trader Joe's is like one-fifth the price of shampoo at other stores. There's great ways to save money. I'm one of those believers, by the way. I'm a conspiracy theory. Uh, I, I, I don't have many conspiracy theories. But one of mine is that shampoos really don't do all that much. I know. I know you're saying. Uh, disagree. I'm just one of those people I don't think you can really tell the difference in shampoos, all things considered. Anyway, um, I got a good show planned for you today. I got tons of content. I have some stock ideas. I've got some business time today with Apple and their new iPad. And the stock Apple's hitting an all-time high today. I own shares of Apple. Uh, Good long-term accumulate kind of name as long as they continue to do what they're doing. They're $50 billion away from the market cap of Microsoft right now. And keep in mind, the penetration rate of Apple computers on our desktops and laptops, it's nowhere near the penetration rate of what Microsoft has on operating systems and, and Windows Office software. So it's interesting that, you know, we're paying a premium a little bit. But then again, Apple's also divesting a little bit and showing that they've got some diversification. Um, They're not putting all their bets on one area. They're putting their bets across multiple areas, whether it's music or applications or video games or I know video games or telephones and smartphones. Um, I've got some big, big, big news for you today. But there was a story that jumped out at me today in, in a funny way. And I'm going to ask you to comment on this, and let me give you the phone number. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. There's no other show on radio like this, I promise you. I'm not going to do the cliche, what do you think of Obama type of show, or what do you think about the Xavier uh, women's basketball team and their big choke last night. It's so easy to do shows like that. I could do shows like that in my sleep. I saw a, a survey today that challenged everything that I believe in. Basically talking about aging baby boomers, older workers who can't retire comfortably, they're going to be needed in the workplace as the economy grows, as the economy grows. If you believe the economy is going to grow, and that's going to ease threats of an entitlement load. A lot of people are afraid of Social Security. 
So they're afraid that Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid just are going to run out and that they weren't meant to last as long as uh, they are. Back in 1935, there was a guy named Harry Hopkins, and he was head of the Federal Emergency Relief Administration. And basically, he took a phone call at his home from the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Henry uh, Booth, Henry Montego Jr. Booth. Um, And ultimately, what they did was the two of them decided that the New Deal Committee, they worked on Social Security. So this is 1935, Social Security. And they started talking about the demographics of aging. And Hopkins He said, well, there's going to be twice as many old people 30 years from now. So in 1965, twice as many as there are in 1935, right? And uh, the response was, well, I've gotten a very good analysis of this thing, and I'm simply going to point out the danger spots. I'm not trying to say what they should do. I want them to know, you know, where the bad curves is. Bad curves. Now, if you're a woman, bad curves might be on your hiney. If you're a man, the bad curves might be on your gut. But bad curves in economic terms are where, where the numbers just don't make sense anymore. Now, an even higher number of countries in the United States or in the world are moving into what's called the bad curve. It's not just the United States. And this is where you, we've promised so much and we can't deliver anymore. The roughly 76 million United States baby boomers who were born between 1946 and 1964, they're entering their retirement years right now. Now, Japan has an older population than the United States. Old Europe has an older population than the United States. So they, they know what it's like to have entitlement programs that don't really work mathematically because they're in the bad curve. There's concerns over rising rocking chair you know, ratios. And they're high in developed nations. And developed nations have economies that, that move the world. China's going through a gray revolution. The Middle Kingdom's 60 and older folks They're projected to account for 30% of their population by the year 2050. So this is interesting stuff because, you know, you you watch uh, spending trends. Like, for instance, this weekend, young teenage girls, they've got the most discretionary money of anyone on the planet. They're going to go to the malls and they're going to shop. And you can learn investments from that. Now, the the seniors, they tend not to have as much money because they tend to manage what they have because they don't have that income coming in. So there's a bad curve. We're learning the word bad curve of aging, and it's making investors incredibly nervous. I've had people call into the show who predict that, you know, the fall of our economy is going to be based on the retiring of the baby boomers. You know, Harry Denton said that when the boomers retire, they're going to be selling their homes, and that's going to cause housing prices to fall 90%. Governments took on huge debts in the last few years during the Great Recession. And ultimately, they've kind of said, let's not even look at this, this Social Security issue. So the coming job glut, coming job glut, it's an interesting, weird thought, a glut, and it's going to be for baby boomers, according to the survey that I read this morning. And this is my audience. Do you really think old people are going to really want to continue working? Or is there just a point where your joints just say, screw it, give up. I can't do it anymore. Is there a point where, as a program director, you don't really want to take a cut in pay? Or is there a point when, you know, as a social security worker that you're like, you know, I I know that I'm older and I can only work 20 hours a week. Ah, see, that's the kick. There's going to be a different type of older worker, according to the survey. Now, the dire forecast could be overstated because the ranks of boomers who are expected to kick back and just retire and live off social security, that's shrinking because the baby boomers are stupid. I know that's I know I just offended a lot of people. They didn't save enough money. They had very poor savings habits. 
They they thought the house was going to be their piggy bank, and then they took money out of their house, and then the real estate market crashed. And this could have devastating impacts on on their retirement portfolios. They didn't save. They panicked. They bought high. They sold low. Um, they chased performance. So people are going to work longer. People are going to go back to work and defer Social Security. Someone's grandmother, you know, is going to have a multi-career stage life, so to speak. It's not just going to be work to 60 and retire. The jobs might well be there for workers who are over 55 because the U.S. unemployment rate, it stands at 9.7% right now. But some recent studies say that we're going to add about 1% to employment through 2018. So history is our guide. Our economy will recover. Dynamics will come back. And we're going to have millions of jobs created in the, in the future. So what are these jobs, though? And what are these dynamics? A gray revolution is going to happen. We need health care. We need education. We need social services. We need state and local governments. So seniors are going to be welcomed back into the workforce pretty aggressively because we're going to create a lot of jobs in the United States. The baby bust generation that followed the boomers is way too small to fill that gap. Now, using official projections of population growth and current labor force participation rates, anywhere between 5 to 5.7 million jobs could go empty. And the boomers are going to be the ones that we look to, the old gray hairs as I like to refer to them, who are going to have to come back and take those jobs. Now, you, you can't imagine in our economy that we're going to let 30% of jobs go unserviced, that we're just going to say, you know what, let's just close it down. So human resource departments are going to have to you know, retain older workers. And it's going to take a little bit of, of, of figuring out, because at one point in time, Americans freaked out when women came to work. And we had to set up a whole new code of work because women were at work during World War II. You know, you're not allowed to pinch butts. You're not allowed to slap fannies, you know, things like that. You're not allowed to be a sexist pig. You have to give equal pay. But how about older people? We're going to have to come up with a whole new benefit packages that, you know, like birth of a grandchild. It's not going to be family care, family leave when you have birth of a, of a baby. You're not going to get three months paid. Well, you will get three months paid when you have a birth of a baby. Husband's going to get a couple weeks off to, to hang out with a kid and bond because those are important weeks and times. But grandparents are going to have something in this, too. And, you know, the elderly generation, they'll work. There's no doubt about it. They won't do the, the worst jobs. They're not going to do the, the jobs that they see beneath them. They're going to look for meaningful work in, in the world of employment. Government's also going to face ongoing demands to remove incentives to working longer. So maybe 20-hour weeks for seniors, maybe 40-hour weeks for younger people. You're still going to have to have that corporate structure for younger people to climb. But we're going to have a lot of jobs out there. And just think about the, uh, the last time you went to a hospital. How many of those jobs that simple administration could have been done by a senior? How many? Most of them, right? How hard is it to take blood pressure? Do we need our, our youngest and hottest and fittest nurse nurses to be you know, on the lines? Or can we have blood pressure being taken by someone who's 60 years old? It's an interesting question. In this report, it, just, it really threw me for a loop because you know my, my, my mantra on this show is I hate old people because they don't work. And this study said they're going to have to work. The United States is growing too fast. We didn't have enough babies to fill the work. So the, the, the Generation X can't do all the work. Generation Y can't do all the work. So the boomers may be invited back to the workplace, especially because they didn't save enough money. What do you think about this? Am I way off base? Do you think this is a feasible? Is this crazy talk? 
800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. You can drop me an email at rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. You're listening to Talk 910, more stimulating talk. Is marching on and time is still marching on. This day will soon be at an end, and now it's even sooner, and now it's even sooner, and now it's even sooner. This day will soon be at an end, and now it's even sooner. Black Show. I'm Rob Black. As always, phones are a little on the quiet side. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Something big happened yesterday. Oil. Oil moved higher, and today oil is moving higher. Now, why are you saying, Rob, why is that a big deal? It's a huge deal because the recent stock market rally, of which, if you have not seen, it's huge. The last year's been very, very good to investors. Now, again, the previous year wasn't. It's all relative. But the last year's been huge. But it's been through a lot of consumer stocks, which doesn't make sense because aren't we in a recession and consumers don't spend during recessions? Uh-uh. That's the thing is you have to learn to invest counterintuitively. Everyone knows that consumer stocks shouldn't be working. That's when they work. Now, oil stocks and commodity stocks started really working yesterday, and this morning they're doing the same thing. And I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say this is damn important. This is important to your 401k. This is important to your investing. We're seeing a little bit of a shift. Commodities tell us that the economy really is recovering. Commodities, yes, they can lie. Yes, they can do head fakes. And yes, there can be speculation. But my general feel on this at this point in time is that the world economies are doing okay. And we're seeing it reflected in commodity prices. We're seeing it reflected in some of the shipping stories that are out there. Where a year ago there was empty containers in Taiwan. Now all those containers are filled with goodies. Now, again, I don't want you to to go, woo, I'm invested in everything. I'm going all in. I'm telling you, I think we got more upside. I think we got more upside through the end of the year. Definitively. Definitively for the next three months. In my mind. Am I telling you to go all in? No. I don't know you. I don't know your risk profile. I don't know your age, your assets, your liabilities. I'm here for a good second opinion. I'm not here to guide your retirement plan. I'm good for a second opinion. Get your calls on the show. It's 800-345-5639. I started off with what I thought was the most genius opening monologue in years. Years, I'm telling you. Where I basically talked about how our economy is going to start adding about 1% a year in jobs. So our unemployment rate should start going down through 2018, but it's going to be a year or two before we really see the traction in this. But we'll go from 10 to 9, 9 to 8, 8 to 7, 7 to 6. And then we'll probably stop right around there. So we're going to add jobs, and it's going to be too many jobs for us to handle in the United States. Will illegal immigration fill those jobs? Maybe somewhat. But a lot of the jobs that are being created are hospital-oriented, HR-oriented. And these jobs are going to have to be filled by someone who's willing to work. And not for a lot of money, because these aren't high-paying jobs. They're, they're, they're middle-of-the-road-paying jobs. 
What's going to happen is a lot of senior citizens, I think, are going to go back into the workforce. Have you delayed your retirement? Call the show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-56. Did you delay retirement? Did your, your portfolio say, you know what? I better stick it out another year. Did your housing bubble prick say, I'm gonna, yeah, I better work another five years, make sure I'm okay? Or have you taken early Social Security? Because there's the people on the other end of the fence when they lost their jobs. They said, you know what? I thought I was going to work for another five years, but I better get money where I can take it and take early Social Security. Do you think you'll have age bias on elderly people in work? I'd be curious to hear your, your angle on this. I've got a brother who's 50 years old, and he uh, basically was getting back into the workforces. He used to work in Saudi Arabia as an oil programmer and uh, basically programmed databases and things along those lines to you know help study the fields and the depth of the fields and how much they can extract and things along those lines. And, uh, you know, when, so how shall we say, Osama bin Laden started coming around and cutting off Americans' heads, well, he's decided better move back to the States. And when he did that, he found that there was age discrimination. He was used to getting six figures, but the jobs out there aren't six figures. He's not making six figures. He had to settle for something less than six figures. So he found a lot of age discrimination because uh, group health care plans, he gets the same rate as someone who's young and healthy at a company, and yet he's a lot more expensive to cover. So I think you get the idea. What's your thoughts on age discrimination and people coming back to work? Have you delayed retirement? Have you taken early Social Security? 800 345 It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Still a little business time, a little business news is out there that I think these are big stories of the day, so to speak, that, you know, we do need to focus in on. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. This is no big secret, but one of the big winners today is Apple. Another big winner today is Verizon. They're planning to begin producing a new phone this year that would allow phone carriers other than AT&T to sell the phone. Okay, so who are the winners? I already said them. Verizon and Apple, right? Who are the losers? AT&T. For three years, AT&T's had the, the business model all to themselves. The new iPhone, it would work on a type of wireless network called CDMA which is used by Verizon Wireless, AT&T's main competitor, as well as Sprint, Nextel, and a handful of cellular operators in the countries, including South Korea and Japan. So this would open up more pie, more users to the Apple's iPhone. Now, the vast majority of carriers worldwide, including U.S. AT&T, uh, use GSM and not CDMA. CDMA would also benefit Qualcomm because they sell CDMA uh, chipsets. Apple's developing the phone with CDMA capabilities. It's exclusive U.S. arrangement with AT&T dating back to 2007. It appears to set to end coming this August. Verizon's going to jump in. It looks like Vodafone could as well. Um, there's been a lot of incorrect speculation about CDMA phones for a long time. Um, the model would be thinner and would have a faster processor, so says people in the know. With that said, is it going to happen definitively? Not definitively. But that's a big business story in large part because there's winners and losers. And I told you who the winners and losers are. Unlike the other douches in media, 
Uh, I'll tell you what the story is, but I'll also give you the interpretation on it. Now, interesting to note, Verizon's going to be getting the iPhone. We're pretty damn sure about that. But where else are we intrigued about Verizon? Verizon said they're going to end their fiber-to-the-street TV service. They say, what, what's that? And I know we got AT&T U-verse here, and you've heard the commercials from, like, the Armstrong and Getty's, you know, hey, get AT&T's U-verse. It's just like cable. You can get four DVRs all at once. Everyone will be happy, right? You've seen the commercials where the, the, the families are all pointing remote controls at each other like guns. Genius commercial ad campaign um, because it, it sticks in your head, right? Well, Verizon's saying that they're going to stop rolling out this TV service. It's similar to AT&T's. Basically, a $23 billion network upgrade project. It, it's, they've wagered heavily on this. And, you know, they're replacing a lot of their old copper lines. Copper lines once were known as POTS, plain old telephone um, system. Uh, POTS lines. So the, those were old copper lines. And copper's good, but fiber optics better as far as sending data through. So Verizon's saying, you know, we're not going to expand. It's, it's a pain in the butt you know, to try to get city officials to let us be TV franchisees. And we're just going to stop. And some big cities aren't going to get access. Some big cities on the East Coast. Verizon's really big on the East Coast. AT&T more so on the West Coast. Um, although Verizon has a big presence here as well. But, but cities like Boston and Baltimore, they're not going to get their TV service. And this is important because who's the winner here? Give you a second. Give you a second. It's probably AT&T? Because Verizon's not going to roll out a service that may have people jump over and use a bundle. Who's another winner? It's probably Comcast, a cable TV provider. Who's a loser? It's probably uh, network equipment companies like Cisco who are selling the equipment. You know, if, if Verizon says we're going to stop spending $23 billion on this upgrade, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit too obvious to me, but those are some obvious winners and losers. And the other business story of note today, Boeing they got this new 787 Dreamliner jet, and it's been running behind schedule for two to three years now. And they say they're going to deliver new planes, the 787 Dreamliner, and it's a cool plane. And it's it's incredibly efficient. It's it's a really nice step in the right direction. But they say they're going to get planes delivered by the end of the year. But they're having a lot of slowness, and they have this very big, crucial flight certification process that the FAA sponsors that they haven't started and typically when you do this, it's like, uh-oh, we found another glitch. We need to fix it. And glitches take a long time to fix, especially when you're dealing with the Federal Aviation Administration. So Boeing executives have acknowledged minor delays and unexpected issues. But right now they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. And yet, very important, this FAA certification hasn't exactly been started. So they're not deep into the process so all Nippon Airways is going to have their first jet by December 31st, yes or no. I think the betting man on Wall Street says Boeing flubs this one and doesn't get it out on time yet again because they have a history of flubbing it. It's a little bit of a gamble. It's a little bit of a gamble that you're going with their history and you're going with the FAA certification issue. But if they don't get it out, you know, this could cause some weakness in the stock, at least short term. Now, they're probably closer to getting the plane certified because they did launch their first test of it. They did show it, and they did get it up in the air, and, you know, yay, it landed safely 10 miles away from the airfield. And, you know, that was good. Yay, they did it. But there, there's some questions on whether or not they're going to get that FAA certification. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Have you delayed retirement? Have you taken early Social Security? Do you have any commentary on my business stories? 800-345-5639. It's 800 800-345- 345 
800-516-5639. Coming up, i got some emails that I'm going to take a look at, as well as some other business stories of the day. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Last couple weeks, I've been going over some tips and hints and, you know, some simple things to, you know, financially tune you up a little bit. Save more in your paycheck. Up your 401k benefit. If you're saving 10%, jump it to 11 or 12%. Reconsider your investments and rebalance your investments on a regular basis. Typically, two to four times per year is the right answer on that, whatever works for you. For instance, if you take a look right now and you go, what's going on in the world? Well, you see a world economic recovery and you're kind of saying, I don't know if we see it yet in the United States. So typically you would say, I'm going to underperform small, I'm going to underweight small caps. I'm going to overweight international and large caps because large companies have international exposure. International companies, by definition, have international exposure. And small companies typically only do business regionally. So there's things along those lines where you can fine-tune yourself and become better at what you do. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Age discrimination. Are you ready to see baby boomers coming back to work? It looks like we're going to need them. Not today, but in five to ten years from now. Are you a baby boomer? Have you retired? Have you delayed retirement? Have you retired already and taken Social Security? Big mistake. Or have you delayed retirement and continue to work? I think that's right on type of idea. I got an email basically on this concept, and you can email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. It says, he says, Phil says, I'm in the crowd that thinks it won't be there when I'm eligible. That's why I want to outsource my retirement. I want to move to some third world country that's fairly stable. Not that my wife will let that happen. And he finally says, I just can't read the expiration date on my bottom. But he wants to work till the day he dies. That's his retirement plan. That's a lot of people's retirement plans. This was my dad's retirement plan. My dad died with $60,000 in credit card debt. He thought he was going to be able to work long enough to pay it off. He didn't. My dad had cancer. And the doctor said, Mr. Black, he will be dead in six months. And with five months left to live, he forgot to sign a $400,000 life insurance policy. All he had to do was resign it. It was one of those stupid whole life policies. And all he had to do was resign it. He forgot. He was dying. He wanted. He was worried about getting into heaven. He was worried about making things right with his kids. He was worried about, you know, doing everything possibly correct that he could. So he forgot. He messed up. So he worked till the day he died. So and he died a little bit too early. Men tend to think that way. We tend to think that we're impervious. Uh, we tend to think that we're going to outlast. And for instance, here's a sickness. My dad had more life insurance on my mother than he had on himself. So he thought she was going to die first. My dad wasn't the smartest guy, financially speaking. That's neither here nor there. Some other ideas out there as far as improving your financial world and, you know, just doing things a little bit better. We got wide open phone lines. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Hint, hint, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Is your rewards cards. Here's an area where you could actually improve your finances by reading them. Look them up online. 
Is there a fee for redeeming them? Are you getting real frequent flyer miles that you can combine with your that you earn on the plane? Or what are you getting? Read the rules. I know this sounds inane, but read some of the financial issues in your life. Like you're like, I got this great credit card, or I got this this life insurance policy, or I got the like. Have you ever read the contracts that you signed? You really should. It's 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 inane. It's probably dull as hell, but it it'll take you 15 minutes to get there, and then you're done. Cash in your rewards. That's another good financial tip. When you have the rewards, cash them in. Card rewards only lose value over time since the programs rarely get more generous. Earn them and burn them as you can. And with frequent flyer miles, tend to book them on longer flights versus shorter flights. For instance, you could fly for 49 bucks on Southwest or Virgin America to L.A. from San Francisco. Why would you want to use points on that? $49 is cheap. You want to use the points on the $900 flight to Europe. So cash in your rewards. Another idea is find a better earnings reward card. Find the one that works for you. There's a good website called fatwallet.com, fatwallet.com. And there's another one called flyertalk.com. There's another one called creditcardtuneup.com. And these are all good sites. They're all good sites. They're all going to help you. So if you're the type of person that, you know, I'm an American Express guy. Um, I like the rewards that I get with American Express. I charge everything on American Express. I charge bar tabs on American Express. I charge gas on American Express. I love the itemization that they do, and I love the rewards that they give me. Now, some people like the cash back. Some people like the, because they want to, you know, save points so they can fly on a trip to Hawaii for free. That's fine as well. Whatever works for you. The three websites I just mentioned, fatwallet.com, flyertalk.com, and creditcardtuneup.com. No other radio show is going to help you make money. None. So, and finally, check your your credit report for free. I'm going to drop some of these hints through the show today and future shows and future episodes. But there's one site, notfreecreditreport.com. It's annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. It's going to take you 20 minutes to figure out what's going on. All the major credit bureaus offer you one free glimpse at your credit each year, and it's worth taking a chance and taking a look at it. You're going to find things that are interesting. For instance, when I looked at my credit eh, five years ago, I found that I there was a, a jewelry company on the East Coast called K Jewelers. And uh, when I was 18 years old and 17 years old, 17 years old, and I'm trying to get you know a woman to love me. I, I seek affection, she seeks attention, and to get the affection that I'm seeking, I'm like, ooh, maybe more than just my attention will be enough. Let's buy her something stupid. Let's buy her an amethyst ring or an amethyst necklace. So I buy her an amethyst necklace, and it's probably 150 bucks. And I open a credit re- credit card with K Jewelers, and they probably charge me 12 to 20%, and I paid it off, and I forgot about it. It was still open. 15 years later, it was still open, and I could go to K Jewelers and get $300. Woo! Now, again, $300 ain't going to get you into a lot of problems, but it would have hurt my credit score. Let's let's say it was a $300,000 account or a $30,000 account because I would have had the capacity to get $30,000 in debt pretty fast. So sometimes you got to go back and and close some of these accounts. Let's go to Dave in San Ramon, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Dave, how are you, Dave? Hey, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for calling in. I'm so lonely today. (laughs) 
Well, I doubt that. But hey, um, I just uh, tuned into the radio show. I know you made a comment about Social Security and whether people should take it early or not. You tended to, I got the impression that you were advising not to do that. And I just wanted to hear your take on that. Depends on situation by situation. The big topic today is about senior citizens going back to work because their house kind of caved on what they thought it was going to be worth, and they took out too much home equity. Then their stock portfolios kind of got hit. So there's a big story today, Dave, saying that America's going to need baby boomers to come back to work because we're going to need that 20-hour flexible worker who has some experience, who doesn't demand high pay, who's kind of happy with low pay, mid pay, um, who needs a little social skills. And for some people, they took Social Security early when they lost their job. When what they should have done was get their their butt back into into the workforce so that they can delay Social Security and take it later in life. Um, if you've saved enough money for retirement, Dave, take Social Security the moment you can. It's a great it's a great freebie. Take it. Um, but if you haven't saved enough, I'd say work as long as you can to have the income coming in and then take Social Security later. I see, and that's exactly what I was going to say on that. Um, the other thing too, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or. Maybe some of your listeners are, but um, Social Security has kind of an interesting uh, aspect to it or an element where you actually, let's say you've taken your, uh, start taking your uh, payments at 62. Well, let's say you get to age 66, if that's your normal retirement age, or, or age 70 for that matter, you can actually repay those um, distributions from Social Security back and start taking your new um, payment based off of your age 70. Obviously, there's um, uh, you have to be careful doing that because you're making a, a, a bet that you're going to live uh, long enough to recoup what you paid back. But right. it is kind of an interesting aspect of it, and I wasn't sure if you were aware of it, and I just thought maybe your, uh, your viewers might want or your... Dave, I'm totally aware of it. I'm, I do this for a living, but what, what do you do for a living? Are you in the industry? I'm actually a pilot for American Airlines. You're, you're a pilot for American Airlines. Why didn't you say? Yeah, well, you know what? I actually I work on our pension committee, too. So okay. I deal with a lot of retirees. So yeah. what happens is this question always comes up as far as Social Security. When do I take it? When do I not take it? Yeah. And I basically kind of fall right in line with what you said is, hey, if you don't need the money at age 62, take the thing, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I do know what's going to happen because it's a mathematical reality what's going to happen to Social Security. So a lot of those guys, I advise them, hey, you, if, if you don't need that money right now, take it. Dave, you know? couple couple questions for you. And um, another another tip is if you're 300 pounds, take it as soon as you can. If, you're, <laughs> if your parents live to 100, take it as late as you can. So I know it's a vague thing, but it's kind of true. Um, so, Dave, are there any airports that you won't fly into? You're like, that's a crazy airport. I don't want to fly into it. You know what? No, I've never run into that situation. I think you'd probably find that a little bit more in the civilian world where you're flying much smaller airplanes, maybe in the high uh, mountainous areas, maybe where you have an airplane that is, you know, performance limited. I mean, inevitably, and I hate to say this, but... Um, it happens. Every single year you'll hear about some, some guy who loads up his family in their small airplane yeah. up at Tahoe. He's not paying attention to the temperature and what they call density altitude, and he tries to take off, and he kills everyone in it, in yeah. the airplane. You know? So it's real unfortunate. It's one thing to go out there and kill yourself. It's another thing to go out there and kill your family, too, you know. So, Dave, another question for you. Do you, like, do you fly 747s and seven? Do you fly all the big planes, right? 
I actually fly an MD-80, which is probably, if you're not familiar with that, it's equivalent to like a 737. I, I'm, I'm familiar with MD-80s. I'm a business traveler. Um, do you get a, just the, is it the thrill of a lifetime to take off a plane? Uh, you know, at this point in my career, because um, I went through the Air Force and there were a lot bigger thrills than that. Oh, yeah. um, it's just, uh, I would, you know, to me, more than anything, and people probably don't realize this, Probably the biggest thrill is that if you encounter something that's out of the normal, out of the ordinary, and you're able to deal with it without your passengers knowing about it, and they get off the airplane and they have no idea just what you went through, whether it's weather-related, equipment-related. And I guess the satisfaction comes from knowing that, hey, you did a good job, and these people didn't even realize what was going on up there. You know, and I think the funny thing about it is that you know what, you can fly 10 miles off course the whole course of a flight, and as long as you make a good landing, people walk off and go, hey, great landing, but, you know, heck, the guy might have been sleeping for half the flight, you know, so, um, and... Now you're scared. Now you're scared me, Dave. <laughs> well, I'm, I gotta say, that doesn't apply with any of the people I work with or myself, but yeah. I'm just using that as an extreme case there, but, um, no, it's just, to me, the satisfaction uh, comes from the, from the standpoint of knowing that you you were able to handle a certain situation and the people were not aware of and you yeah. provided a safe life for them. That's probably more than anything where the satisfaction comes from. Thanks for the call, Dave. That's good stuff. Now, one thing I want to mention, he said he was in the Air Force before he got to American Airlines. That's another good thing to have. If you have a military background, the private sector loves you because you you have discipline. You know when to get up. You know you, you have discipline. You've done it under pressure before, so my brother David was a Marine Corps JAG attorney, so he worked uh, just you know protecting some of the, the the meanest, nastiest jarheads in the world. When he went off to get his start his own practice, he was highly recruited because that military background. Military backgrounds don't underestimate them. So I know if you're sixteen, seventeen, I'm not saying now is the time to join up with Afghanistan and Iraq and everything, but it really helps you land a good career job later in life. Eight hundred three four five. Five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six nine. It's Rob Black Show nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk coming up. Stock tip of the day. David Byrne. Two of my favorite people on the planet, David Byrne from Talking Heads, because he was original, and David Lynch, who I think is the greatest filmmaker of all time. Big into transcendental meditation. Huge into it. Uh, but also his films, like his film Mulholland Drive, probably my favorite of all time, because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to follow. To get me an email, you can drop me an email at rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. To get a phone call on the show, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm going to throw in some tips and hints in here and there, as I'm wont to do, to get you a little bit better, more fine-tuned, uh, a lean, mean fighting machine of money and, and credit and insurance. But on occasion, I'm just going to flat out give you a stock idea, because I know that's probably the sexiest thing that people like. Like, what can I make money on? What's something that's going to go up in value? I could go super easy and tell you Apple's doing everything right. 
They've got the product. They've got the management. I could go super, super easy, and you can go on your little merry way. But you're like, no, 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 no. That's too obvious. That's too obvious. Let's go with something crazy. Let's let's get nutty in this. It's a company called Gildan Activewear. And you've seen companies like Lululemon go crazy. Their stock just go crazy in the last few years. You've seen um, Nike do really well over time. You've seen Under Armour, the stock hit a home run. So a lot of people want, what's the next big thing? Because we see the trends. We know that Americans will get into the just do it mind frame. We know that Americans will get into this. Company's called Gildan Activewear. And basically... What they do is low labor activewear, low-cost labor. So they dominate the wholesale market for things like T-shirts and hooded sweatshirts. Um, Ticker symbol on Gildan Activewear is G-I-L, G-I-L. And this isn't for everyone because they're making stuff that ain't sexy, but it's commonplace. And it's something that, you know, you and I all wear. And what's wrong with wearing a T-shirt that has nothing said on it? What's wrong with wearing a t-shirt that has nothing on it? What's wrong with dressing down a little bit on occasion? So it's a style that works indoors and outdoors. Gildan sells mostly to wholesalers who ultimately in turn sell to the screen printers that individualize such the garb. So you don't know Gildan's making it, but you're probably wearing it is ultimately what I get at with this. When you take a look at the PE on Gildan Activewear, it, it instantly jumps out at you and you go, it's 26, it's high. Stock market trades at 15 times earnings on average. In good years, it'll get as high as 20 times earnings. In bad years, it'll get as down as 12. So that's the trading range. This is now in the trading range. This year, it looks high at 23 times earnings, 26 times earnings. Next year, it looks average at 15. What they do well is they put up their shops in Honduras. And I know you're saying, Rob, you are the meanest jerk on the planet. I was about to call myself a D-I-C-K, but I decided against it. You're saying, Rob, because they work in Honduras, you're cool with that? Yes, I am. Because I want my t-shirt to be five bucks. I want my tank top, which I don't wear tank tops. I want my tank top to be five bucks. I want my sweatshirt to be ten. My golf shirts, my private labels. So I want them. So the company does this just so terribly well. All they do is make clothes. And again, they they do it in low-cost sweatshop type of areas of the world. The shipping costs in Honduras and the Dominican Republic are a lot cheaper than the shipping cost in China and India. Now, China and India has got cheaper labor. Honduras and the Dominican Republic has more expensive labor, but much cheaper cost. And we as Americans, we want our cheap goods, and ultimately we don't want them from sweatshops. Thank you, Kathleen Gifford. We want them, but, you know, we're, we're not totally, you see where I'm going out with this. It's just a stock idea. This isn't for everyone. I promise you that you can get into a lot of trouble if you go out and buy Gildan Activewear without knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it as far as offshore manufacturing and what's working and or not. And again, am I going to need a t-shirt the day I die? You betcha. Well, I knew you didn't the latest iPhone. Maybe, maybe not. So... You don't want to see an old man, Rob Black, without a T-shirt on. My big old man boobs flopping around. Got to have a T-shirt, right? So that's the theme. That's the theme there. So got another email that came in. And this one came to me from 
What is her name? Why am I dropping her name? Oh, Melanie. And basically she says, here's a copy of my portfolio. I want something more aggressive. What should I invest in? And I hate the word aggressive. I hate the word high risk. I hate it. In large part, I work hard for my money. I pretend that I'm a stripper. I pretend that you're coming up on stage and putting a dollar in my G-string every time I do something good. I don't want to throw away my dollars because I had to shake my money maker for you. I don't want to throw them away because it takes effort to shake my money maker. I'm not going to be able to shake my money maker the day I die. So I only got a period of time that I could shake my money maker and make money. And I don't want to throw it away. I think that would be foolish. So I just don't like Melanie's concept of I want something high risk. Now, again, you're not always going to be right when you invest in things that aren't high risk, invest in trends. You're not always going to be right. But I'll bet you this, you're, you're more right in things that were, were around when you were a young kid. If you invest in those type of names like the Procter & Gamble's and the Johnson & Johnson, than in the, some of the new high-tech, high-finangled stocks. I think you get into a lot of trouble. And Melanie, if I could do any, any favor for you, it's, it's stop using the word high risk. Stop using the word aggressive. Be the world's best whatever you are. If you're a, a lesbian chef on a Rachel Ray show, be that. If, if you're a pilot for American Airlines who used to shoot down the Vietnamese, be that. Stop trying to be what you're not, an aggressive investor. Not a good idea. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. we got open phone lines. Hint, hint, wink, wink. 800-345-5639. Coming up, headline news. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.